This is Art House Roadshow, a podcast on film, faith, and mental health with your hosts, Kyle Myers and Hank Spaulding. You're listening to an Art House Roadshow movie review. And welcome back to another episode of the Art House Roadshow. I am your host, Hank Spaulding, alone here today. It has been a minute, friends. I am so sorry for how long it's taken for us to get back to you. And I'm, again, really sorry about that. But uh, we have had the worst luck recently uh, to for Kyle and I to get together, or even me to get together with uh, Luke and Patrick to do the last episode of Obi-Wan. Um, so those things are still forthcoming. Um, I went on a trip before the last episode of Obi-Wan, and um, when I came back, got COVID, which had me down for a few weeks, and then needed to catch up and work, and during that time, uh, Kyle got sick, and so <clears throat> so we, uh, we have not had the best of luck getting together, and, and we promised some big things this summer, and, and we did not deliver just uh, due to some timing stuff, and we're sorry about that, but uh, as of this podcast, we've got a lot of things coming out that is uh, just me, and so hopefully that will be something that will um, excite you. We got some things for everyone, but uh, I'll get into a little bit about that at the end of the podcast, um, but welcome back. We're here. Uh, to do a review of a show that's been out for a little bit, um, Stranger Things Season 4. Uh, we haven't covered any of these seasons of Stranger Things, so I'll give a brief overview kind of of the show and talk specifically, though, about Season 4. There will be spoilers, so if you haven't seen um, Season 4 yet of Stranger Things, you might want to uh, finish those and come back here and listen to us when you get a chance. So um, <clears throat> we're excited to do this we got a lot of th- excited things coming but um we're excited just to be with you here um today to kind of kick off our um content explosion is what i'll call it wherein we'll cover a lot of things here and we'll have a lot of episodes to engage if you want so anyway um let's dive into stranger things <clears throat> um so stranger things is a very interesting sci-fi show that um at first, um, I had to be convinced to watch. I, I remember hearing a lot of people talking about Stranger Things, but I hadn't watched it really when it first came out. Um, now, it reminds me of another kind of 80s um, movie that I really like called Super 8, which is done by J.J. Abrams, and it's a group of kids, you know, aliens, extraterrestrial, sci-fi. So same kind of vibe, you know, in that sense, but... This one's different because it has a little bit more of a horror feel to it. So sci-fi horror is supposed to be like sci-fi extraterrestrial. Uh, now, uh, granted, Super 8 had a little bit of a horror feel too because there's a monster and things like that. But nonetheless, <clears throat> the uh, thing that uh, uh, this show gives is, is not only the, um, the extreme kind of sense of like an eerie uh, 80s vibe, but really true horror that uh, especially this fourth season comes into play. It follows a group of kids... Um, uh, mostly, um, and one of my favorite things about this, uh, which you may or may not know about me, depending on who you are listening to this, is that I enjoy the game D&D, Dungeons and Dragons, and there's a lot of D&D in this, uh, show. And so it follows a group of kids, middle schoolers, who are, 
you know, playing D&D, &D, um, and one night, um, the, uh, the group is, uh, Mike, uh, Dustin, uh, Lucas, and Will, um, and the, uh, the kids one night, um, after playing a long session of D&D, &D, which is pretty common, uh, one of their friends gets kidnapped, Will, Will Byers. Um, and so he's kidnapped randomly and it's, it's kind of follows the story of his friends and his family, uh, his mom played by Winona Ryder, uh, and brother, <clears throat> Jonathan Byers, um, who's played by Charlie Heaton, uh, with a couple other supporting cast. Um, I really like David Harbour, um, playing Jim Hopper, who's the local town sheriff and Nancy Wheeler, um, as well as, um, uh, Steve Harrington played by Joe Keery. And so there's lots of a really great cast. And so the, the, his friends are looking for him, his family's looking for him. Um, and they come across a girl um, whose name is simply Eleven. She's got the word uh, number Eleven stitched on her arm. Um, come to find out she has uh, escaped from a facility nearby in the town of Hawkins. And uh, with the help of Will's friends, they um, rescue her from several times the clutches of this organization and she in turn helps them find will um, there are a whole host of kind of creatures involved in this um, chief among them in the first season a demigorgon which is a character from DD. &D. a lot of the uh, villains and um, <coughs> creatures from um from uh this show are based off DD &D villains and so like the mind flare is another uh D, &D character um in season uh two and three um, and then in season four, we have Vecna, who is a very, uh, important D&D character. And so there's lots of different kinds of things here that I think, um, to talk about, um, that I really like. Now, granted, um, everything that happens with Eleven is, um, interesting. She's got, like, supernatural, super supernatural, sorry, <laughs> that's not even a word, supernatural powers. She can moon things with her mind. And she's kind of the main defense between um, the world of the Demigorgon, <clears throat> because one of the Demigorgon doesn't, doesn't just appear. Um, the Demigorgon comes from a place called the Upside Down, which is, <clears throat> yet again, another D&D reference. And so um, throughout the show and all of the seasons, including this one, creatures from the Upside Down interfere with our world. And it's up to this ragtag group of kids and adults to... Um, defeat the evil within and to uh, basically um, save the world, for lack of a better term. Um, and I think it's actually a, a pretty good show. I really, really enjoy it and like it. And it's something that I look forward to every year. <clears throat> so um, let's get to season four, shall we? So uh, the things that have kind of happened up until season four, um, the group kind of gets older. Um, one of the things that's really noticeable about this season is that the first three seasons, the kids are really kids. They, they look like kids. They talk like kids. They are kids, things like that. <clears throat> but um, due to COVID and other things um, of that nature, uh, the kids grew up, right? And so a lot of the um, things that people are talking about in terms of just like the optics of uh, the time jump um, is uh, that, you know, uh, the kids don't look like middle schoolers anymore. The kids that are in this, so for example, Finn Wolfhard, uh, who plays Mike Wheeler, he um, 
he he does not look like he's a high schooler anymore. Uh, neither does you know the, the actor who plays Lucas Sinclair. Um, and so it's it's interesting again just to see these kind of things um, um, work itself out and on the screen and how that how that um, really impacts storytelling. It's noticeable, but nonetheless, uh, the kids have kind of grown up. They fought. Uh, the underground several times. Um, they they beat the Demogorgon in season one, the Mind Flare, um, and one of my favorite actors makes an appearance in two and three. Um, his uh, name is Decray Montgomery. He is the Red Power Ranger from the 2017 Power Rangers movie, the film that I have seen the most in theaters. Um, he plays Billy, uh, the older brother of Maxine, who is a younger character who comes in. She's the romantic interest of Lucas, um, so on and so forth. But they've defeated several of these uh, monsters. Um, in both in season one, Will Byers is kind of the main kid who's abducted and found. Um, but he has this kind of psychic connection to the Upside Down, and um, you know he also plays a role like gets kind of basically possessed by the Mind Flare um, in another season. Um, and so it's just it's one of those things that like it's um, Will obviously gets picked on a lot throughout the, the show, but um, at the point that we get to this season, um, Will and uh, Eleven, uh, along with uh, Will's mom, Joyce, and his older brother, Jonathan, move out west, um, away from Hawkins to get kind of a fresh start. One of the more emotional things at the end of season three is that as the uh, group is trying to close the portal um, to the Upside Down, uh, David Harbour, because one of the elements that happens is at the end of season one, David Harbour, who plays, like I said, the uh, sheriff, uh, Jim Hopper, takes Eleven kind of into his home as his daughter. One of the things you find out about Jim is that he had a family, um, but uh, his daughter died tragically um, quite some time ago, and uh, due to that fact, he got a divorce from his wife and now lives alone and serves this town as its sheriff. But at the end of season one, he kind of takes Eleven in, uh, becomes like a father figure to her, um, and basically, uh, as a result, um, gives her family. Um, and uh, as they are trying to close the portal to the Upside Down, um, we think and we see Jim Hopper die. Um, now, when season four opens up, we realize that that was all just a um, mistake. He's actually was taken to Russia. <laughs> uh, one of the background elements of this, because it's the 80s, is the Cold War. And so there's an American kind of Russian um, problem uh, brewing here. And a great portion of season four actually takes place in Russia, uh, with the Russians actually toying with the Upside Down and having captured a demigorgon that they're trying to harness and as a weapon. And um, it's, it's really interesting because that portion of the show in season four actually makes no impact at all on the story like like it doesn't really help with the upside down it doesn't help the main kind of characters as they're fighting Vecna um, it's just kind of something for Jim Hopper and um, Joyce Byers to do um, so anyway uh, that's one of the things that happens um, in season four but we get uh, the kids are separated and and we got some out on the west coast some back in Hawkins and uh, the story season four is bringing them all back together um, and basically the impetus behind bringing them all back together 
is there is a new threat in Hawkins uh, from the Upside Down, uh, which they will identify as Vecna. He, much like Freddy Krueger, invades your dreams and kind of kills you uh, in your dreams. And he invades specifically the the uh, dreams of people who have suffered or, or experienced great tragedy or loss in their lives. Now, one of the things I really like about this season, like I said, it turns to true horror, um, but it also expresses a theological theme, kind of the apocalyptic... Um, battle between good and evil. Um, this is something that's always been in the background. One of the elements that the show, I think, really does well is that it shows that like good and evil is not just a battle between human and non-human things, so like between humans and the demigorgons. There's a ton of characters throughout this show that themselves are human and, and do bad stuff. So like the main kind of like um, uh, torture or captor for Eleven um, is this character called Papa. Um, and this guy, uh, basically, uh, is a very, um, significant kind of figure for, um, for Eleven. Uh, she treats him as if he is a father, but the problem is, is that, uh, he treats her very poorly. And so, one of the things that, um, the show shows is that, you know, this is, this is a problem not just with, um, monsters and creatures, but even with our humanity. And so it, it shows kind of an apocalyptic kind of reading. It's, it provides an apocalyptic story in the sense of between, like, a battle between good and evil in the, in the, in the fullest sense. Now, one of the things that's really interesting with Vecna uh, is that Vecna, through this story, we find out he's actually the first to be tortured by this Papa character. Um, and uh, this, this Papa character, his, I mean, his character's name is Martin Brenner. Um, he's played by Matthew Modine, um, and so he's kind of the first kid that they do experiments on um, that can kind of move things with his mind, that can kind of, um, you know, have the powers to do things that are rather extraordinary. There's this whole group of kids that uh, Martin Brenner is basically in charge of, and uh, Vecna actually ends up being the first one um, in that uh, group of kids. And what we find through this process is that um, this little town of Hawkins is host to these experiments on these kids that can kind of do extraordinary things with their mind. And they're kind of torturous and, and really tough stuff. And Eleven ends up being the last one. There's a battle between one and Eleven. Eleven wins, but all the other kids die in the process. And so it's just Eleven. Um, and so Vecna, I think, is a really interesting character because, you know, he does kill these kids in their sleep. And there's actually a really great um, uh, cameo from the original actor who played Freddy Krueger in the uh, Freddy uh, Krueger um, movies, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, um, which I think is, is a pretty cool cameo. Um, he's a survivor from a Vecna attack. But Vecna preys on people who, like I said, have experienced trauma. Um, and in so doing is an attempt to try and reveal, I think the show again reveals this, the, the kind of evil within. So it's not only just a show that does good and evil between humans and monsters, and it's not even a show that just merely talks about, well, humans are capable of great evil, not just the things that go bump in the night, but there's also the sense that even in the good characters, and you find this with several of the good characters that Vecna attacks, there is this kind of evil that uh, lurks within. And so the challenge is, is how do we fight that? How do we battle that? And for 
the kids, the group of kids that come across this, it's it's friendship, it's self-sacrifice, it's love, it's all of these things. So uh, in this season, um, Max Hargrove, um, who is the, like I said, Maxine, she's the sister of Billy, who's one of the main characters in seasons two and three, played by Decray Montgomery. Um, Decray Montgomery's character, Billy, um, actually dies saving Max from the Mind Flare. Um, uh, kind of a, a redemption arc for him. And uh, and Max has a hard time kind of reconciling with that. That's a really tough loss for her because, you know, her and Billy didn't have the best relationship and then he goes, you know, and dies for her. And, you know, that's, that's just hard. And so she's dealing with a lot of trauma. And so Vecna goes after her. And what's interesting is that it unveils the fact that for her, when Billy dies, she's not really sad. She's conflicted because... She wants, it's like, she doesn't like Billy. She doesn't get along with Billy. And so uh, it shows this kind of, like, um, callousness, this kind of darkness within Maxine, that there was a part of her that celebrated at that moment when Billy died. And so it's, 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 it's very interesting in that sense. Like, I think the show does a great job of showing, like, how humans are capable of great good, but also capable of great evil. Because it, another image that's a theme that is throughout this is this idea of family. So Eleven has this really twisted relationship with Martin Brenner, who she calls Papa, but finds you know a healthy and stable home with this guy Jim Hopper, um, who you know while also not being her her dad, nonetheless treats her um, with love and respect. Um, you've got, for example, I mean one of the more precious scenes that happens in season one is that um, uh, Eleven is helping uh, Joyce Buyer played by Winona Ryder, find Will Byer, like who I said, Byers, who's like um, lost, right, in the Upside Down, the Demi-Gorgon has taken um, Will down there. And so um, she's looking for him, she has this ability to kind of communicate with the Upside Down, and she's afraid and, and scared, and you know, she, she finds him, but she wakes up and she was, she's just terrified. And normally, this is a contrast, her, the, the Martin Brenner, Papa, for her, um, forces her to, um, you know, continue into things that scare her, that hurt her, that are, you know, uh, without, uh, well, lack of a better term, just bad for her. Um, it, it, like, he forces her to continue doing that even when she doesn't want to. And here's Joyce Byers um, desperately wanting to find her son, Will, but it does not want to torture this this kid. And so she kind of loves her as a mom, and, you know, she's that... That, that person who treats Eleven as if she's her own daughter, which is this really beautiful thing that Eleven doesn't have. You mean Eleven's mom throughout the process um, of this story, um, but bad stuff happens to her, and so um, you don't really get to, to deal with her a lot. And so the main kind of mother figure for Eleven is Joyce Byers. Um, and so you've got, like I said, evil within and kind of the, like the, the difference that good family and bad family can make. Um, another theme that I think is really interesting, this is more season four than anything else, is there's this religious fundamentalism that's kind of at the heart of it. Yet again, showing kind of this religious theological kind of motif, this apocalyptic motif, if you will, in the lives of these religious figures. Um, and there's this, um, and this, is, this actually happened in the United States, there was this great, um, like, a uh, news story that broke that like uh, D&D was a way to summon demons <laughs> right and and have demon possession <laughs> be a be a thing for for uh, young people 
so there's this great suspicion of D and D, um, and so that comes up during this. Um, and the uh, the per first person that Vecna kills is this cheerleader um, at a local high school, and the last person that she is seen with is this guy named Eddie, who is the head of the Hellfire Club, which is a D and D club basically. Um, and uh, Eddie is blamed for the death of this girl, and she, you know, shocked the neighborhood, uh, shocked the whole town, really. And so there's this kind of fervor of kind of religious fundamentals, and all these uh, athletes, because the cheerleader, you know, shockingly in a story, is dating the uh, main a uh, point guard for the basketball team that is uh, at the local Hawkins High School. And so uh, she um, goes to Eddie to try and find some like drugs that'll help her um, like stay awake because when she dreams she sees Vecna and so she thinks if she can stay awake then she won't see Vecna anymore. Little does she know that when she goes to see Eddie that's when Vecna is going to attack her and, and harm her. Um, and so uh, her boyfriend blames Eddie and so Eddie and his friends try to search uh, out um, Eddie and, and do some vigilante justice and things like that. And it's, it's, it's a really interesting kind of story in that sense but this uh it's it's born on the back of this kind of theological under like battle like as seen as fundamentalists that is the the battle is for them between um demonic dnd and uh you know the the morally upright uh, athlete and it, which again the the point this undergirds is that um even the most religious in the show miss the true evil uh, they can't see it. They don't recognize it. They're unable to quantify it. They don't see Vecna. They only see um, the evil that they want to see. And I think that's a really great parable for um, the church. Oftentimes we can get in a spot where we name a certain kind of evil that we want to blame. And we miss the evil that is uh, actually stalking and killing people. And I think that's a very powerful story, right? Um now, one of the things that's um, I, I'll talk about just two more things that I think is really interesting um, about this season um, that I think are really important um, is that there's this this deep kind of understanding of the humanness of other people at play here, um, humanness that's often obscured by um, other kinds of competing interests. And so, like the the characters that are the most morally upright are those that are able to see past the differences that are used as a source of division and instead see as a source of unity. And so these, uh, there's a lot of misfit characters here. You've got the kids who are kind of these grubby, like middle school kids. If you've ever been around middle schoolers, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, and like, I, I've done one too many middle school lock-ins. The smells there are just real intense, but nonetheless, um, the thing that it, it underscores is that, you know, you've got these kids who are kind of, misunderstood misfits you've got eddie who's thought to be a murderer by his town um there's a lot of racial dynamics um between some of the main characters specifically lucas um and the main characters but there's also um some commentary on individuals from the lgbtq community um will byers who came out in this new season is actually um uh, it seems to be they're suggesting he is has a romantic uh, infatuation with mike his friend and robin buckley um, whom is a uh, really great character. Uh, she's introduced in season, I believe, three as the kind of main, uh, like, well, not main, but as a uh, protagonist that um, works with um, 
Steve Harrington at Scoops Ahoy, an ice cream shop. They become really close friends, and uh, Steve actually asks her out, only to find out that she's not really interested in men. And so it's it's a fascinating story that tries to um, uh, think about the humanness that is a, a part of all of us. They they go in the struggles of Robin and Will. Um, you see Steve Harrington, who goes from being a popular guy to nobody. Even Billy, who's the bully at the end, shows this brave sense of humanity. And I think that the show does that really well. And then lastly, I think, and I'll, I'll compare this with um, something that I think that the show Midnight Mast did really well, which is illustrate, I think, true self-giving love in, in the virtuous sense of the word. Um, uh, because one of the things you see over and over again throughout this series is self-giving love. At the end of season one, um, Eleven... Um, gives her own life to clo- to kill the demigorgon and shut down the um, shut down the portal uh, only to you know she's found later out in the woods she actually doesn't die same with hopper um, at the end of season three um, you see uh, Billy uh, give uh, give of himself right to save his sister uh, and even here in this this current season um, Eddie, um, gives his own life to save uh, another character, Dustin. Um, and so self-giving love is kind of a consistent theme, and that's that's actually the way, if you look at all the different ways in which the un- the uh, underground is defeated, the, I mean, the upside-down, sorry, is defeated is is through this kind of self-giving love, which is really Christological, if you think about it. The, the self-emptying love that considers the other and, in fact, dies for them is a means to overcome evil, even with all the violence that all these characters are capable of, including Eleven. It's only the self-giving love that saves, right? And in every single season, there's multiple instances of this, and I think it's actually a really good, um, a really good illustration that of like what Paul talks about. You know, don't overcome the evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. And I think that's a really powerful tool there. But like I said, a great season. I think it's my favorite season so far. Um, if you haven't watched it, I, I would go ahead and watch it, um, if you can. Um, but yeah, uh, let me know what you think in the comments, um, below. Did I miss anything? What's your favorite part of Stranger Things? Um, how do you, uh, like season four? Where do you think they're going in season five? Today they posted, uh, Stranger Things did, the Doofer Brothers, uh, that they're looking at season five. And so, love to hear your thoughts. Uh, let us know if you have, um... Uh, time we'd love to see you drop a review wherever you listen to the podcast it really helps other people find us especially as we're kind of coming back together to try and do some new content got a lot of stuff i'm about to release to you um we've got this uh, episode on stranger things um i'm going to do a brief review on thor love and thunder as well as a, another movie an art house film that just came out called brian and charles um i will also be dropping the last episode review of obi-wan kenobi and giving a final reflection um, on uh, Miss Marvel um, as we are um, uh, rounding out our summer together. It's again a really interesting summer, um, and I will also be giving my thoughts on the upcoming slate of Marvel films um, that I think you have, if you haven't, um, should go check out. Um, and a trailer reaction uh, that'll be the same thing as the looking at the new slate a trailer reaction to um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever 
so um that'll be me you'll see that all up on the uh the website soon if not as soon as this podcast drops um and then kyle and i will be back together to talk about the multiverse of madness along with uh everywhere uh everything everywhere all at once uh the multiverse idea in these two movies as well as our favorite movies of the summer um and maybe even a few other reviews that you might um, be interested in. So, um, like I said, um, I hope that uh, you're doing well. Apologize for the delay. And we're just grateful that you're back here with us with the Art House Roadshow. Take care, everyone. Bye. And that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us on Art House Roadshow. We'll see you next time. <laughs>